0: Edition of the AG podcast. I am Gemini, your host for today, and with me, as always, pushing the buttons is the Ashkona 9 Welcome, Ash. How are you doing? Yeah, not too bad. How are you doing? Yeah, not too bad, mate. Thank you very much. All good. good. Uh, excited for another podcast as usual. Yes. So uh, this week we've got uh, two guests. Both have been on, I think. Um, uh, one more than the other end. We've had Andy on a few more times. So Andy Brill, thank you for coming on, pal.
1: Oh, very welcome. Thank you for having me. Back.
0: More than welcome, mate. You excited to be on? Excited to uh, talk about your exploits in Division Three this season?
1: Not really, quite as good of a talk as the last time I was on, unfortunately. It was a bit <laughs> downhill, can
0: we say? Yeah, well, look, mate. You know, again, you 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 uh, you climb that mountain, or at least tried to for a little bit. <laughs> so, you know, you've all, you'll always have that start of the season. Um, and uh, and uh, Division Two is represented this week
2: by Sean. Thank you very much, for coming on Sean. Cheers, mate, thanks for having me. Actually, my first time on.
0: No, is it your yeah, first time the ever? AG
2: one? Yeah. No. Are you sure? Well,
3: okay. I'm sure Are we've had sure? you on
2: Never been on before. Oh. I've never okay. been having that good a season that I could accept coming on.
4: <laughs> well,
2: again, another person. You're, you've kind of gone the other way to Hilly, uh, to Brilly. Sorry, um,
0: in the sense you had a bit of a poor start, I believe, and, and have since turned that around. So, again, we'll, we'll get we'll get to that. We'll save Division Two for the uh, the last uh, league we'll talk about. So. Um, We'll, we'll kick off, uh, Ash, we, we made some podcast predictions at the end of the last pod, yeah. um, how did we get on?
3: Uh, well, we might as well have not bothered, um, to be I trying... know there was one that I thought <laughs> <Yeah>. was correct. <laughs> yes, yeah, no, uh, obviously six predictions were made, two of them were correct, so we'll start with the two that were correct, so yourself, you said to, you were going to be out of the relegation zone, and you are,
1: oh, so yeah.
3: well done for having faith in yourself. Um, and pulling it and turning it around. And the other one that we had that was true, uh, was Sofa to be in the playoff places. Um, so those two were the true ones. Now, for the false ones, we had Rhino to be top of the league, Satie second and Storm third. Obviously that is false. Uh, Satie is running right in that league. Um, still. Uh, Berg to be out of the top five. I'm sorry I doubted you, Burger. I won't do it again. Um. <laughs> Rhino to be top of the league, but only two points. No, I mean, obviously Rhino is close to the top, you know, if he's two points, two points off or one or two points off, but a couple of games away. Yeah,
2: not
0: not many. Yeah.
3: yeah. Um, and then burger to be mid table. I mean, it's, it's, it's good to see rivers got faith in you burger. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, well, I mean, he was, he was fifth. I think last time. That was yeah, right. he was, he was fourth or yeah.
0: fifth. So yeah, he has, I think he, I think he was fourth.
3: I think he was fourth. Yeah, I think he was fourth. Um, overall though two out of
0: six so it's better than zero. Um, hey, two out of six for us one. is not bad we've we've had worse <laughs> That's it. we yeah. have had worse so boys we'll, we'll crack on i mean again we we saved it to the end of the pod a couple of weeks ago we're going to start with it this time uh game of the week uh we said that game of the week this week would be pain versus rhino it was streamed after the f2 on monday night um Result for the first game was two two, and the second game was a five two win for Rhino. We've all watched it, we've all discussed it pre pod, but um, we'll just have a bit of a recap for the listeners. And obviously, of course, Ash will be putting a link to the stream in the uh, the pod yeah. uh, post when it comes out as well. Um, so again, I mean, uh, Sean, I'll start with you. I know we've discussed it, but I think the first game was definitely a cagey affair. Um, I think you know the, the pair of them came out, and obviously there's that friendly rivalry. They didn't want to didn't want to lose to each other. Um, and I think that in in terms of the sort of the, the the ebb and flow of the game, we've just discussed it, it's it was maybe harsh to say and again no offense, Brilliant, really, but it was very a division three game in terms of quality. What would you agree, Sean?
2: Yeah, definitely. Payne just used the team press button constantly to intercept the ball, I noticed in the first game. Uh, but end to end both were, both had plenty of chances to be fair, it's just they weren't really taking them. Mm. Uh, not much. Defending going on, shall we say? One of the things that I noticed, and I mean, Andy, you probably paid, played in more than me and
0: Sean. Um, Rhino tends to favour a short corner routine a lot. He seems to to use that quite a bit. When whenever he gets a corner, he always plays it short and tries to work it into the box to score. Is, is that something that's a theme?
1: To be fair, not just theme from Rhino, theme from pretty much everyone um, mm. in Div three. It is genuine. I've got a corner. Take it short, run a little bit, do a pass, find it into half a shot.
2: Mm.
1: I I wonder if uh, people I've played so far pretty much just me that tries to lump it into the box. (laughs) I have to start changing it. (laughs) Hey,
0: I mean, you know, again, are you the uh, are you the outlier? Uh, (laughs) I mean, you know, I think again, there's looking at the table. Maybe they're doing something right. Let's have a look. Um, Maybe maybe give it a go in the next one. Ash, we uh, we saw the the run out for the first time this season of the the new signing for Payne, which we'll come on to later on. But uh, Camavinga got his first uh, first start. Yeah. Um, again, he he looks a quality player, doesn't he? He does, yes, but maybe
3: not to be much longer. Um, you know, obviously, uh, I mean, we'll we'll come to that later on in the uh, uh, in the episode. But yeah, I mean, he's a quality player. Um, big money spent um and was you know quite instrumental but i mean just on the games the first game um you know was quite end to end i thought quite cagey as we 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 spoke about um some shocking finishing going on um you know fifa having an off day um some really really nice play you know build ups in uh, on both sides and then the second game obviously opened up a little bit more um and i, I don't know maybe maybe pain's head went a little bit at some point um but yeah no they were both really really good games to watch and i mean i don't i don't get to watch too many division three games so it, it was quite good to um you know sort of watch watch one and sort of see how it plays out and you know rhino and pain um, buddies uh transfer buddies as well um it was it was a good it was a good set
0: of games it was it was a good set of games to watch. Yeah, they were definitely enjoyable. And I think getting on to the second game, I think like you said, it was much more open affair. Um, Rhino started the stronger. I think he scored six minutes in from a from a counter attack in which Payne actually looked like he was going to score. Great save from Rhino's keeper. Goes up the other end, scores. Um, and then within a few minutes after that, Gallagher hits the bar. It bounces out, and Rhino gets a deflected goal back in, making yeah. it two 0 So mm-hmm. again, like you said, I don't I don't think the head went, but. The way that the game went, Rhino he always had a lead. Payne never managed to recoup that lead or even draw back level. It was two nil, then two one, then three one, then four one, then four two, then five two. So, again, Payne was always up against it, unfortunately, in that that second one. Um One player that you know really did sort of shine for me in that game was um, Elise for, for Rhino. He just he was. <laughs> Considering the, on the other side of the coin, obviously you had Camavinga. rhino has got Gravenberch and Elise, and the pair of them really did play well in that game. Um, again, I think obviously he'll be he'll be fending off uh, fending off suitors for those two players, um, especially as we go in towards deadline day. Um, Sean, any comments on the second game?
2: Just really echoing what you said. It was end it was end to end game still, but Rhino just took his chances really. I like the way Ryan played that game uh, he kind of played a couple of passes in the middle and then he just got the through ball played straight away into one of his faster strikers and it just seemed to put Payne
1: open time and time again
0: Andy any comments from you on the rest of that game
1: yeah just echoing with what you guys have said um, very much an attacking game for both teams Ryan has mm. better chances a bit more composed probably because he did have the lead already Um, whereas Payne might have been snatching a little bit just to try and with gold, so we could then get back level. But yes. Yeah, yeah it was. It was. On that one.
0: Yeah, good, good games to watch though, for sure. Um, so. We'll uh, we'll move on. Obviously, when, since we're in Division Three, we'll start talking about Division Three as as a table. Um, again, as you alluded to earlier on, Ash, uh, in the prediction, Saty is top of the tree. Mm. Um, he looks quite imperious, actually. You know, thirteen wins. This is all as it stands, by the way, on Thursday night. The Joe very kindly updated the tables. I think there's a few still remaining, but um, Satie currently sixteen games played, thirteen won, only three lost, zero drawn. Mm um he's you know he's far and away he's got the best goal difference 39 points he's only um he's only a point ahead of curly but has played two games fewer yeah. um but he, his form is just amazing uh, the same could be said of Tunners Tunners is down in fourth again the other player in that division to have five wins um the big shock i think for me this this sort of um sort of two weeks since the last pod has been has been rhino really you know again he's faltered a little bit yeah he got those four points over pain but he's um he's lost a couple of games and drew and drew a couple of games dropping points ash so Mm. for me that's where i think he's potentially handed satie the title because with all the games in hand which we will come on to listeners don't worry that storm had i think that he kind of shot himself in the foot in terms of momentum yeah so if anybody was going to stop um satie based on the games in the fixtures, I thought it would be Rhino. I think Sadie's pretty much got the title to, to throw away now if he wants to.
3: Yeah, I would agree. I think, obviously, he wins his two games in hand. He goes up to 45 points, seven points clear of, uh, you know, second place Curly. Um... So, yeah, I, I would agree with that. It's difficult to see as well with his form that he's had this season, him losing it. But, I mean, I do just want to say, I mean, looking at those sort of top three, you know, Rhino, Curly, 80, all similar points and all similar goal difference. You know, 24, 25, 26. Um, so, they've all held their own. They're You know, obviously, they're defending quite well. They've got the best defensive records in that division. Um, you know, bar maybe soggy as well in there, um, defensively. But, um yeah i mean I, I would agree i think rhino you know he, i think he still is very very close contender for second and i think him and curly you know either way it, it, if if curly finishes in third and rhino finishes in second i i think whoever finishes in that playoff spot will you know go into the uh into a, into a playoff final and do really really well um mm. but yeah I, I would agree with the notion that i think maybe Rhino those last couple of results have uh, probably swayed it to Satie.
0: I mean, from the outside looking in, Sean, when you look at this division compared to the others, we've often said that division two is really competitive. Um, Division three and division one tend to be a little bit more polarized in terms of the results. That's definitely showing this season. When you look at the updated table, you've got Satie five wins, Curley four wins, Tuna's five wins, Storm four wins, you know, even Payne and, and, and Harry even. Um, When you then drop down to Lost Boy, it's completely, you know, reds and oranges, whereas above there's a lot of green. Um, It seems like there is a sort of like a defined split beginning to happen in that division.
2: Yeah, definitely. Eh, City and Curly have still beat each other as well on the second last match day, which Mm. would probably, if City wins that, that's it done. Could be a match Eh, of the week contender. Yeah, yeah. Eh, I think it's second last it looks like. But other than that, I don't see either of the two of them dropping points from their last fixtures, to be honest. Hmm. I think
0: it's, for me, I think when you look at sort of, you know, Tunnels has sort of come out of nowhere. He's doing really well. Um, He could potentially, you know, push himself up to the automatic promotion places if he keeps going on that trajectory. But it's it's hard to look past, obviously, the, the three we said last time, Round Andy was Satie, Rhino and Storm. I think Storm purely because of the games in hand, um, and Rhino and Satie are up there. Curly has obviously come again, come out of nowhere with put a real good run together. He's put himself into contention. It, would it be fair? Would it be unfair on Tunners considering he's only three points ahead of Storm with only playing two games more? Should we be counting Tunners in in that sort of top five now? You know, is a push for the top two places, or do we think it's potentially one of the top three? What what do we think?
1: Tannis could do to be fair he's been playing quite well recently I played him my previous match day um, that's like I it's a little cutback um, it's a lot of time that um, uh, yeah no he's playing quite well um, also, I know he's just gone on holiday but as long as he can get the practice in before he plays his league games when he gets back from his holiday he could be going for a second pot, second spot sorry I do think so. he's going to stroll to the title. Um, but yeah, I do think any one of those five could get second. Right.
0: I think. So you yeah, So you think that anybody out of Storm Upwards to say Curly will come second and Satie will win the division? That's your thoughts?
1: Actually, I'm to track that slightly. Rhino will finish in playoff bases, but he had mm-hmm. bottle automatic.
0: Okay, so you think he can't finish second then?
1: I don't think he will do. Um I, I, I think it'll just get to him towards the end of the season. He'll be up there for it on the last game and it'll just get to him.
0: Okay, fair enough. Um getting on to yourself, obviously, um if we just sort of just shoot down a little bit down there. I mean, look, if you're looking for a positive, if your form, you know, those five L's, those five reds, if it was a pack of Starburst, you'd be buzzing. <laughs> So, I mean, look, you know, talk us through your season. You know, look, three wins um, and a draw. You know, look, ten points. It it might, this this might, again, risk sounding condescending, risk sounding patronising. Double figures, mate. You know, that's actually, that is progression. You're not doing too bad there.
1: First time I've done it. First time I've done it. And annoyingly, obviously, the two wins, the three wins, sorry, came reasonably close to each other, where I was actually playing a little bit of FIFA, instead of actually just doing league games maybe I should play a little bit more. <laughs> um, so, the court, the court against Lost Boy as well, to be fair, they're all beginning issue of the season. Um, so, yeah, so, started well, but, still possible for me not to finish bottom.
0: <laughs> it, it's mathematically possible, but it's doubtful. I mean, Worm, Worm's having a bit of a stinker recently, we we know that, but I think that chances are, he only will need to get a few more points, potentially, looking at the game's played difference. Um, but uh but yeah we'll we'll see. Look, I mean look we'll we'll come on to the big elephant in the room. Um we've just mentioned it there the games played. So mm-hmm. there has been I mean there has been a a plethora of of messages on that uh, that group chat, uh the division 3 chat. Um all sort of sparked well not sparked by but fueled by I think it was um Joe obviously as a sort of lead admin putting in one of the threads like it was the Soggy and Storm one. Look, you know, get these games played, lads. Come on, you've got a deadline now to get these played because they've dragged on too long. I believe, was that Match Day 3, that one? Match Day um, 4. Match Day 4, sorry. Uh, oh, no, Match Day 4 is the Worm and Storm one. What was the Soggy and Storm one? I don't
1: think the Soggy and Storm... No, no, he put that in the Worm and Storm one.
0: Oh, did he? Right. Point okay fair enough um but look i think the the, the problem the problem oh, he did sorry yeah 35 days nearly six match days <laughs> covid having a wash it's been an emotional roller coaster but it's gone stupid now you've got till thursday at 11:59 to get these played and results up otherwise it's a 10 mil fine each and another 10 mil for every 24 hours after that let's get them done i mean for me i think that's that's bang on i think he summed it up really well um i, I for me I, I mean, I've never ever seen. You know, I think the game was arranged for Thursday at eight o'clock. Last Thursday, this is. Worm checks in at seven fifty, saying he's still okay for the game. Tagged Storm. Storm replies with no tag, saying it'll be about eight forty-five, mate, because I'm getting washed. I mean, I have never seen anything like it. When I told Ash that <laughs> before the kick podcast started, Ash was in Ash was in hysterics because he didn't see that. And I think for me, that just sums it up. It's, it's a bit of a joke, let's be honest. Um, Storm then says he sent an invite at 8.55 and then has the audacity to say, mate, if you're not coming on, I'll go off. I mean, he was the one who rearranged it last minute without a tag because he said he was having a wash. I just I just don't get it. I don't understand it. Is this a regular thing in Division 3? I know there's a few other games that are having some problems. Um, in in the interest of fairness, you know, I said before the podcast, boys, life takes precedent over FIFA. I'm not stupid. I'm the same. I have work. I have a family. For me, you know, that's what's important. FIFA is enjoyable. FIFA is something you do from a, a social element. But I think, you know, I like think it was yourself, Andy, that said, you know, you've got this it's common courtesy to your opponent that you try and arrange these games and you abide by what's said every time Joe posts a fixture, it says, please get these games played. Or aim to get these games played in six days. It's not saying you have to, but it's saying there should be an effort made, made to have have that happen. And unfortunately, that's just not happened in this situation at all. Whether it's Storm saying he's having a wash, whether it's, you know, Worm bless him and you know he's had some problems, that's completely different. Um, okay. Satie seems to have an OCD about playing games in order, which I really don't understand as well. He he won't play people unless it's, you know, match day one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, um, which just, I, again, I don't understand, whatever. Um yeah, look, I, I've talked for too long. Boys, what do you think, Andy? I'll come to you first. Should should we have, um, you know, some sort of fine in place for this? I mean, you've got people playing head-to-head games where uh, league games are uh, sort of are still being overdue. What, what do you think?
1: Yeah, um, I do think there should be a fine if it goes over a certain amount paid. So still Storm um, sort of takes a piss with how long it went. Uh, personal opinion, I think he should be more than two match days behind unless there's a valid reason, like you've gone on a holiday, couldn't get it arranged, something, emergencies come up, completely different story and understandable, but if it's having a wash, or changing the time about tagging a person, it needs to be within two days. Um, Unfortunately, uh, in that division, there are the usual culprits that do it, season in, season out. Um, Unfortunately, um, Storm is one of the worst, unfortunately, for arranging much days. Because um, if someone doesn't then turn up because he's not tagged them correctly or they can't make a certain time, he goes off and won in the thread. Mm. Same with it, as he's done with Worm as well. Um, and he did it with a couple of weeks ago. Um, but yeah, there are regular culprits. And yes, I do believe there should be a, a 10 million fine if it goes over the uh, team match days.
0: I mean, Sean, just just to sort of come to you, I mean, I've seen in the Division 2 thread, I mean, you guys are absolutely loving it and you're making a bit of a mockery of it. I think I've got Dio, Raz and someone else all on file saying their motivation for not going down to Division 3 isn't actually getting relegated, it's they don't want the fiasco of trying to arrange a bloody fixture.
2: I think that's what maybe turned my form around, was the thought of having to go down there. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, I think there should definitely be a fine for it. I mean, I got fined for the Eliminator games for not getting them played before I went on holiday. Mm. And that was about a two-week period. So that's the equivalent of two match days. So if you've got two match days sitting there, it should be £10 for the first one. Then if the other one goes on two weeks, then it should just be another £10 So we're saying with obviously this one being match day four... That's Four. six match days ago. So you're saying it yeah. should be like sixty million. Yeah. Every time there's another match day released that's over the two, they should get fined another ten million, unless there's obviously like circumstances that mean mm. you can't get a game played. But because you're having a wash, like should should just fine them for that. <laughs> for using that as an excuse. Yeah.
0: Hey, well, again, that's hey look, fair. it gives us it gives us ammunition for the podcast. It's great.
1: Go on, Andy. To be fair, sure. The main reason your form turned around. You didn't want to have to say you are in the same division as me. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> After
2: that event that night, where it was uh, to see how many goals you could score, I'd feel bad being in your division, Andy.
1: Oh, generally oh, almost had a mental breakdown that night.
0: Oh, Ash. I mean, I'm interested to see what you think. Look, you know, you've yeah. you've been accused in the past of of sitting on the fence. Um yeah. Are you going to sit on the fence again? I mean, again, uh, I sort of, I, mean, I I am in a way, I'm sort of leaning a bit to one side. Yeah. I, I get that life is important. Yeah. And believe me, like, you know, having gone through changes at work and in home life and whatever, yeah. I, I know that that is more important than FIFA. Nobody is just you. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. But it is getting a bit of a joke, right?
3: Um, yeah. I mean, I agree with what others have said in, I think, two match days. I think anything past two match days, then fines need to come in because, look, it, it, it's half an hour. It's half an hour and 14 days, um, you know, <laughs> I mean, half an hour in six days—it it, it shouldn't be that difficult. I mean, I understand, you know, obviously, if family comes first, work comes first. Obviously, you know, that's <laughs> that's no brainer. But yeah, anything past two match days, it, there needs to be fines brought in because it's just it, it 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 gets silly. I mean, you know, for for me, the the way I feel about FIFA, I, if I had it, I'd get every game played as soon as they're released. Um, yeah. you know, but. Yeah, I mean, it's just going to the point on Storm and, um, you know, obviously I know he's been away and COVID and all that and that's fair enough but, um, yeah, it's just, there needs to be something I mean, maybe this is something that gets looked at for next season, you know, properly um, in terms of, you know, if they're not played after two match days then fines start coming in I do like the idea of maybe a £10 fine for every uh, match day that overdues Um, I mean, I'd maybe even make that a little bit higher um or cut the salary or cut the wages or something I mean, there's a few ways that it could be done i mean you don't want to bring yeah,
2: it could be you could don't be
3: you don't want to bring those sort of things in but i mean yeah you can't be having you can't be having a match day go over by a month um it's just it's not it just holds everything up and it's just it's not good so yeah, it
0: really does um okay look we'll, we'll leave it there again i'll be interested to hear your guys thoughts viewers listeners um again please you know post your replies when ash puts the, the podcast thread up um you know see what you guys think um but we'll, we'll leave that the one there for now we could talk about it all night um all right we're going to move on we're going to hear uh birdie's dulcet tones giving us the uh, the golf score so when you're ready take it away birdie
4: thanks guys and welcome to the golf section of the podcast We've had a couple of events since I was last on. First up was week four and our first major of the year at Monterey Dunes. It's the Marcus Jonesy major, and as in all our majors, no handicaps, it's just grip it and rip it, and the best score wins. This was a tightly contested event. Rhino and Joe finished on 11 under, Suited finished on 12 under, Buncey on 13 under, and I myself, yours truly, won the event with a score of 14-under, my first win in a while. Week five and we visited Red Rock Gorge for the X-Men Invitational. Joe had been playing fantastic stuff recently, and he finally got his first win in a long time. He shot 20-under to win by four strokes from Plunkett, with Buncey again in third place. At the top of the standings, it's really tight. Buncey and myself have 89 points, but Paul Lowes just behind in 84. This week, our resident bookmaker, Plunkett, sponsors the event at Sunflower Beach. And finally, well done to Jeff. He got a hole and one at Red Rock Gorge on the 8th hole. And it was a genuine well-struck shot. Perfect, perfect, right down the middle which trickled into the hole. Not the kind of ones that Riverman usually gets that are totally wonky shots and bounce off hills and up in the hole. So well done to you, Jeff. One million is scudo into your bank account. Until next time, thanks guys.
0: Okay, thank you very much for that. Right, boys, Division 1 chat. Uh, We'll leave Division 2 to the end, do a little bit of a different order this time. So in terms of Division 1, I mean, We are sort of, again, we've we've touched on it in the uh, the podcast predictions very earlier on. Berger has managed to sort of creep back up a little bit, back up into third. Um, Aaron is on the slide, again, potentially getting all his points on the board early on. He's faced a few different people recently that are a bit more difficult. Um, Someone who is, again, in decent form, Ben A.J. Cooper, just behind him, who had a bit of a dip. He's now won four out of his last five. Um, But, Ash, I want to start with you. Um, Again, obviously, we're both in this division. Again, you, you could almost argue you sort of did the same, quite inconsistent at the moment, yeah. um, you know, out of your last five. You have won three of the last five, but you've also lost two. And I believe you took a couple of ins against Bunsey as well.
3: Yes. Yeah. Um, oh, I can't remember what the score was. I mean, they 6-2 and 6-2, I think it was. I think they were both 6-2 yeah. against Buncey. Um yeah, I mean, I, I'm very much hot and cold air at the moment with FIFA. I mean, I had a good set of games against Brian, um, took six points and I'll never take anything from Brian. Um, so, you know, yeah. So, you know, six points there and then got smashed against Buncey. I mean, Buncey's a great player and he's a bogey player for me in this division. And the players that he has, I mean, that Mukoko has got no right being that good. <laughs> he's a 69 rated player. And he's so overpowered. But I think we've all had players like that. I mean, I had, um, you know, last FIFA or last Chris, reset. Krishna. Yeah, yeah, Krishna, uh, Martinelli, you know, last time around. And he was like a 72, 73 rated player. And he would just, you could shoot, you could, you know, have a shot from anywhere sort of just outside the box. And 95% of the time they'd go in. They have no right being that good. But you always get those sort of overpowered players um, and it works well for him. Um, but yeah, I mean, for me, it's, um, it, it's been a mixed bag. Uh, my goal difference is just, you know, obviously taking a bit of a hammering. Um, so if I can, given what's happened in the last sort of five, six games, if I can stay away from that sort of top, that bottom four, you know, 11th downwards, then it, it, yeah, it would have been a good season, but I, I'm not too, uh. I'm not too convinced. I've got to try and take some points next two three games. I mean, are you are you fearful of, of the drop? Uh, well, I wouldn't say I'm fearful. I mean, if I go down, I go down. Um, you're one division
0: closer to the shit show that is division
3: three if well happens, wow <laughs> yeah yeah that's it it don't bother me mind i'll get my games done early
0: <laughs> i mean i mean look you know the the, the long and short of it is those two yep. those two six two results yeah. have, have put you in a bit of a pickle when you look yes. at riverman again we'll, we'll come on to him in a minute we'll talk to sean and andy about that one he, he seems to be unfortunately done and dusted mm. um mika top cat mark me and you i would say then are the ones that are in trouble yes the reason i'm not lumping disco duking with that he's got a zero goal difference and yeah. he is the top out of the rest of us yeah is a agree. very good player as I, well i would and he he's played agree. a lot of us as well yeah i would um, agree so ninth I, downwards. I think he's okay ninth mm. downwards are in a relegation scrap and and essentially you know look you're looking at what one two three four five five into two you know what from Mika to to yourself ash five of us into those two slots 12th and 13th mm it's going to be, I've still got Mika to play. Mm. So that's going to be interesting. I've also still got burger and sweaty to play who, you know, sort of in the top, top three. So I'm I'm not looking forward to that, but I would say that again, for me, myself, what's going for me, minus five goal difference. It's better than yours at minus 16. It's better than Mark's at minus 11. Mark still has burger to play as well this game week. So, well,
3: I think my next set of games are Aaron. Um, So maybe It could go go either way Well 2-5-0 wins would be nice Um...
0: I think I think You know Looking at where Where we are at the moment Especially me and you there On 24 and 25 I would say Six points Gets you safe
3: Yes I would agree
0: Out of the the last couple of games I would would agree three match days is it three match days left
3: yeah three so... sets of two yeah yeah so we've got six games left so three match days yeah two and i think
0: and, and you're safe i think
3: my last two because i'm pretty sure i've still got to play top cat um and Aaron top cat i can't I have to have a little look who my third one is but yeah i think i might have someone two of them still around me so
0: it's going to be interesting. I mean, Sean, we'll come on to you again. You've got aspirations this season. Again, we'll come on to it in a minute with the Division 2 chat, but I've, I've been in this division again next season, having been relegated last. Um, if you end up dropping into that um, the, the playoff positions, which again is, is looking unlikely, but let's say you do. Obviously, the way the playoffs are structured, one of the uh, whoever finishes 12th in the Prem is going to drop into that playoff picture. Who are you most frightened of playing in, in, in that division? Um, out of, again, okay. Ashdown.
2: <clears throat> in a competitive match, probably you, because I don't think I've ever actually beaten you in a competitive match. And that <laughs> friendly last night was the first time I have in a while. Uh, we we do have good games. I, yeah, when I play Ash, it's pretty open, so it could go either way. Uh, the rest, I'm not too sure about. I've beat Mika a few times in events and stuff like that, and Phil put me out the cup this season, but I don't think he's ever actually beaten me before. I think when you, when you look at Division One,
0: I think I think it'd be fair to say, Sean, that. The top of the league, you know, you've got Berger, Sweaty and Brian. I think it's going to be between them guys there. The only reason I would discount suited from that is I've, I beat suited. I think I took four points off him. So if I can take four points off him, I probably wouldn't suggest him with his games in hand that he can get into that top one position. You know, we're talking about the people who, yeah, even for Berger, it's going to be a stretch with the games he's got left and the games in hand Sweaty's got on him um, and Brian. But for me, I would suggest that it's out of that top three that are going to be fighting for top spot. Who do you think is going to potentially end up on, uh, on the top of
2: the tree? Probably back Ryan, even with the others having the games in hand. Just You'd rather have the points on the board. Mm.
0: Yeah. Even so... last
2: season, Sweaty was the one that I actually managed to take points off of, uh, which didn't happen very often for me last season. I think sometimes we can look
0: at it can't we as games in hand and assume they're three points when they're really not going to be three points Um, it's sometimes a bit of a false picture Um, Andy uh, just coming to yourself there again we've talked about the sort of top and and, and middle and bottom but in terms of the bottom uh, of of Division 1 how do you see it playing out we've said obviously Riverman we assume and again apologies River podcast favourite we assume that he's he's dead and buried at the bottom of Division 1 I don't think he minds I think he would rather play in Division 2 to be honest Um, but from Mika up to Ash, how do you see it playing out, Andy?
1: To be fair, um, I think Mika might be able to sneak it up into the relegation playoff, Um, and I think Topcat or Mark can drop down to the automatic place. Okay. Okay, that's interesting. So,
0: again, I think, do do you... Again, sort of similar question. I know you're not in Division 2, but similar question to Sean. I... I don't know who would fare best in that playoff because I look at the Division 2 guys, let's say it finished right now, so for Plunkett and Joe, whoever out of that bottom six goes into that playoff in Division 1 is going to struggle against those guys,
1: especially if they're in good form. Yeah, I'd say say that to be fair. I'd agree with that. It's going to be a struggle. Yeah, I do think he goes into the radiation playoff probably going to go down as well, Um, because the fact that they're clearly going to be in bad form, whereas League 2, they are going to be in good form.
0: Fair enough. Well, we'll leave Division 2 there. Um, just one last... Sorry, Division 1 there. Last One last thing I want to say is I did not burger out the cup and it was absolutely fantastic. Um, but we'll just leave that there. Um, boys, we'll move on to the F1 segment. Um, so, Joe's got the F1 segment for us this time round. Absolute shocker at Baku and, for me, a shocker at Belgium as well. So, uh, yeah, enjoy listening to that. Take it away, Joe.
5: Thanks, guys, and welcome to the first ever F2 Roundup. As everyone probably knows we're having a season on the F2, Um, this is season 2 of F1 2021 which is available on Xbox Game Pass and EA Play. We are having a season on F2 where it's a different format so each week we have two sprint races and one feature race after a one shot qualifying. Makes things a bit more interesting where there's three races so lots of chance for everyone to score points. And of course we are also using the team format. As the cars are equal this time so we can slightly handicap the teams based on who's uh, generally finishes where we have had two weeks so far each team's allowed to pick a track for one week so we've had two track picks so far the first which was Azerbaijan and then on Monday night just gone it was Belgium we'll have a quick look at the results so far so going back to the first week in Azerbaijan that was DX Jaminator's pick for his team I don't think it was too popular would have been a, a bit of a tight circuit it was one of our guest drivers who won in Division 1 that week. That was suited recluse. He had 35 points, which was bumped up by winning the feature race. We had X Morris on 33 points. Ben AJ Cooper on 32 points. Brian 1867 on 29 points. And Burger Boy on 28 points. In Division 2, it was a win for Mika Fika. I think he won two of the races that night. He finished on 43 points. We had Harry on 31 points. Big B on 28 Aimin Raz on 26 and Turner's on 21. Fast forward to Monday night just gone. Again, that was in Belgium. We had another guest driver in Division One. That was Bunsey. He finished the night on 51 points with two race wins. We had Amuba Forever on 44 points. Ben AJ Cooper on 41 points. Morris on 22 and myself on 20 along with Jaminator. Division 2, again, it was a nice win for Mika Fika. He's scoring good points. He had 42 points, again, with two race wins. We had Eamon Raz on 35. It's only Jeff on 25, Big B on 24, and Harry on 20. A quick look at the overall standings. We've got Ben A.J. Cooper clear in Division 1. He's on 73 points. With X. Morris on 55, Bunsey on 51, and Mooba for everyone 44. As you'll have heard from the Division 2 races, Mika is well clear in Division 2. He's got 85 points. Harry's on 52. Big B's on 52. And Bertie's on 36. A quick look the team championships. Prima, they are the team that's got um, Mika Fika and Ben A.J. Cooper. They're out in the lead by quite a margin on 182. We've then got D.A.M.S. on 105. Uni Virtuosi on 102. MP on 93. And ART on 90. Guys, there's still six weeks of season to go. If you do want to get involved, let me know. It is too late for the team championships, but you can still sign up to race week to week. Send me a PM. Get involved. It's a great format. The cars are all equal. There's no no better or worse cars. Three races every week. It takes about 45, 50 minutes. Every Monday night, it's really good fun. Get in touch. Thanks, guys. Catch you again.
0: Thank you very much for that, Joe. Right, boys. Division 2 chat. Uh, Sean, we're going to jump straight in and talk to you. You're top of the tree. 38 points. 12 wins, 4 losses, 2 draws out of 18 played, a 22-goal difference, which is by far and away the best in the division. You're doing a safety. Tell me about it. How's it going?
2: Well, after the first six games, I had four points, so I'd already lost a few, drawn one against. I think I got one point off his sofa, no points off his blanket, and three off in Morris. That's the three around me, and I've just pretty much won every game since I'll took one point off my diadex last night yeah I drew 1-1 with him but mm. just seemed to be scoring plenty of goals just now and not conceding as many I mean again would you it's a tough
0: one again obviously we, we know obviously a few seasons ago I, I dropped into Division 2 um, off my own back had a great time actually you know eat better games I say easy games not easier games but better games more enjoyable fifa um have you enjoyed your time down in division two are, are you ready to come back to the the big leagues
2: i think i'd rather stay in division two games in <laughs> here if only that it's was. Lot...
0: if only it was something you could do <laughs>
2: yeah if, if somebody gets offered to drop down i might do a jam next season and offer my services
0: <laughs> offer yourself up um <laughs> I mean, you know, one of the one of the players you've had a bit of a friendly rival with in this division is Joe. Um, up until recently, when he managed to do Bertie 4-1 and 4-0, he was on the slide a little bit. Um, you yeah, know, having had a really good start to the season. Do you think that Joe's got in him to sort of stay in around that playoff picture? I mean, when you look at it, it's just so tight, that, that division. Um, anybody from sort of even Hilly, really, depending on the games and how the results go, could still get in the playoffs.
2: I think Joe's probably got enough. As much as I wind him up it on being shit, I reckon he's probably got enough to stay in the playoffs with Skamaka and Nunes up front. He seems to be scoring a lot of goals.
0: Mm. Yeah, they're they're two very very good quality frontmen, aren't they? Um, really, if we move on to the the sort of relegation picture, I mean, you'd maybe have to assume Wint, similar to to River, is gone. You know, he's played two more fixtures than Bertie, and he has two less points. Um, you know, he's only won four games all season, lost thirteen, he's got a minus twenty-one goal difference. Do we think, you know, Bertie or Raz can can they still stay up? Do you think? I mean Raz has still played two games less than than, than Dio. Um so maybe we love Dio in there as well. Dio, Raz and Bertie, who's gonna be the one maybe out of those three that stay up, do you think?
1: I think Raz will do it. <clears throat> I think basically um switching rounds so Raz is gonna go up to tenth. Uh, he's gonna go to eleven and Dai gonna go down to twelve. Oh, okay. Hmm.
0: On on what form do you think? Like, like, what's your uh, what's your thoughts about that then?
1: So Bay normally better than where he is now. Uh, same with Raz. Um players are still at the level where they're not too bad for Raz, obviously so Raz prefers low uh, rated. Hmm. Um and he's not being outcast <laughs> by the five star skillers just yet next season might be a bit different when we get an even higher rated players come in yeah. I still think Raz has got enough in his lockout <coughs> just to be able to take over the line um, but I do think that so, he will find a little bit of form because um, he's not been quite as active this year by the looks of it um, as he normally is um, but I think hopefully, hope if that changes for him I reckon he'll just be able to sneak it into the playoff base
0: Okay, fair enough. I mean, in in terms of um, the, the rest of that division, Ash, I mean, again, there's there's not really any standouts. I mean, for me, the, the the sheer fact is is the closeness. I mean, again, you look at Division 1, you look at Division 3, like yeah. I said, there's almost a split. You can sort of draw a bit of a line. Mm. I mean, here, you have to go so far down to find a line. Yes. And even then, that line's only four points between Hilly and Dio.
3: Yeah. Oh, absolutely! I mean, it, you, you know, it's very, very close to division, and it's probably the most competitive one in terms of you know anyone can be anyone, and the, the points are, are are minuscule. I mean, Sofa's in third, twenty nine points, and Hillies in ninth, in twenty two, and there is only a seven point gap. You know, that's a that's a set of match days. Um, so, yeah, it really could go either way. Um, you know, I mean. I don't think there's any real surprises in that division. I mean, Paul Lowe's. I just want to quickly mention because obviously Paul came in and we spoke about you know how he'd taken over a team and once he'd got his players in. I mean, he's seventh and he's only a point off um, off the playoff. I mean, mm. what a story that would be if Paul could secure a playoff spot and possibly even go up. um
0: I think I think it would be in the sense it's a weird one. I think when you look at Paul, let's say Paul has Sean squad or let's say as, you know, Joe's squad, etc. I don't think we're even down it for a second. I think that the fact that he had MJG squad I and mean, it was such a poorly assembled squad with no investment, you know, no, um, no real thought to any, any squad building. Hmm. I, I would agree. I would say that that's a really good achievement for him. Yeah. We know, we know that he's one of these players like Mark, like me almost as well. Uh, and Morris, etc. Now where it's like division two, division one, division two, division one, that's, that is Paul's MO. Um, but, you know, again, I think for me, I agree. I think it still would be a very good, good achievement if he could do that, for sure.
3: Yeah. Um, so, is yeah, go on. Well, yeah, I mean, I was just going to say, obviously, you know, Sean, yourself, I-, I would say now that barring anything really dramatic, um, I think you've probably got the title secured. Um, and then it's just the rest of those ones. I mean, Bertie and Wince. Oh. Whenever I've played them in the past, I've always found them really, really good. So to see them in that division, um, 12th and 13th, I mean, wins, four wins. Uh, maybe he's having what I'm having. End of <laughs> FIFA, end of <laughs> end of FIFA blues. Um, it, They surprised me massively. I, I think, unfortunately, I do think they're both going to go down in those 12th and 13th spots. It's difficult to see. I mean, I played Diodex the other night um, in the League Cup. Um, which actually I forgot to mention quickly because I am actually in the semi-final of the league cup. So as for much my league woes, I am having a good little run in the league cup. But yeah,
0: me, me too. Me I too. have, imagine, um, I... imagine a podcast final.
3: <laughs> yeah. 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 That's it. I think my next game is Ben AJ Cooper. Or, I think the oh, Ben's sorry. playing Bertie. I think Ben's playing Bertie. So I'll, I'll take a semi-final. <laughs> <laughs>
0: you, uh, I bet you take one against Bertie better than you take one against Ben. Oh,
3: absolutely. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, just going back to the point, um, being Bertie and Wentz, I think will go down <laughs> automatically in this division. And then Diodex and Raz, I mean, Raz seems to pull it out towards the end of the season. And I think, you know, you know, when it comes down, he will probably pull himself out of there. So uh, if you push me for an answer, I would say Diodex is probably going to end up dropping into the playoff spot. But um, yeah, there's, there's not really any surprises. I don't think in that division bar those two at the bottom.
0: Fair enough. I mean, look, I think for me, division two as, as a final point, I'll just stay on it. I think that at the start of the division, you, it was very difficult to pick out people that were definitely going to get relegated or definitely going to be the top of the top of the shop. We sort of said Shauna Morris would be, and that's proven the fact, but I'm pretty sure I had wins in the playoffs. So, um, you know, that one has not really come to, come to fruition, but that just sort of spells how much of a topsy turvy division that is because I normally am not too far off with them sort of predictions. And Wins, as you said, could just be having a bit of a shocker this season. But whenever I play him, he's definitely better than 13th in Division 2, for sure. Um, but right, boys, we're going to move on to the, the final part of the podcast. Uh, we're going to be talking about the uh, the, the new podcast favourite, Transfer Corner. Um, Transfer slash BFA Corner. We've got three transfers to concentrate on. One that went a little bit more under mm. the radar, and, and I've had a chat with this this Manager, as well, and then two that were slightly bigger. And then we'll talk about the BFAs, there's so some big, big spending in the BFAs. Um, we'll very quickly touch on the um, the, the sort of more under the radar one, uh, and that was um, Antonio Candreva to, to DiaDex. Now, might not seem like a big deal, 79 rated, quite an old Italian player, but only 20 million. Now, I've had this player myself, he is top draw, and I think there's an element of age bias with with players on, on A G, especially when we know there's no reset coming imminently. Um Dio loves having old players. He's got Quagliera, he's he's now got Kandrava. He he likes having a good old player in his team. And he needed a centre mid to help Link up play. And in Candrava he's got the perfect player for what would generally be seen as a measly twenty million really from, from Ben. Um the reason I've highlighted this one is that age bias. I just want to get your guys' opinions really. So for me um I don't have a problem with players that are a little bit older, providing they've got the stats that I need. So good stamina, good agility, balance, etc. uh, pace, you know, it's a little bit of pace. They're not like, you know, dead or got one leg or something. Um, Ash, I mean, yeah. if, if, do you see an age bias in terms of players? Do you look at, no. is that something you look at when you, when you make transfers?
3: No, I, I, I don't understand why, why, why would you do that? I mean, if, if they've got good stats across the board and, you know, obviously you, for those that play head to heads all the time, uh, you know, they trial players out and all that. You, you play a player. I mean, I I couldn't care if he was 34, 35 years of age. If he's got green stats and he plays well for me, um, then he's going in my team. I mean, I would love to know if you are someone that focuses on, um, you know, older players or, I mean, I know Raz loves the young, the, um, lower rated players and, um, you know, seems to do somewhat well with them. Um, I would love to know why they why you just go for the older players, because to me that makes no sense. But mm. going to the point of Draver he's a very good player, very nice stats across the board, and he he had a field day with me in the League Cup. <laughs> um, so I didn't realise that he just brought him in. Um,
0: yeah, just. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not at all. <laughs>
3: um, So, yeah, I mean, that that's a great signing for Dio. Um and twenty Sean, million, which you know, in today's market, and given it, the market not is not much at all.
0: It's not much. I mean, Sean, yourself, obviously, you've got Joseph Martinez, who is by no means old. I think he's around thirty, early thirties. Um, and obviously, he's potentially, twenty-seven. Twenty-seven. He's not yeah. 27. twenty-seven. Do you know we could have really? We nearly could have recre- recreated that Anthony Nemi thing then, couldn't we, on talks for? <laughs> he's, he's finished. He is absolutely finished. Anyway, um, but no, look, for me, I think, um, you know, I personally don't see anything wrong with having older players. What, what, what's your thought on that? Would it would it put you off?
2: Not really. As long as they've got the stats and they fit into your team if you're trialing them, then I don't have any issue with it. I do buy quite a lot of young players just so they're there to see if they'll develop, but yeah, I ninety mean, percent of
0: up up. that's the flip side, isn't it? I think it's some people buy younger players because they want to see the greens, they want to see the improvement. But when you're in the off-season, it makes no difference. Um, so, so yeah. Brilly, I mean, again, we're, we're talking old players, not Watford players, um,
1: but what's your <laughs> thought? Same thing, isn't it? Um, but no, age doesn't really matter. Um, as long as the stats are right, what you're looking for, age is literally just a the number there. Fair enough. And again, just one quick thing on
0: that before while we're in transfer corner. Um, Emmanuel Dennis. I mean, surely he's there. Must be a thread
1: soon now. <laughs> there might even, unfortunately, be another one going up as well for Gel Pedro, looking like
0: Ooh, he's done yes. Newcastle. Yeah. Well, I mean, hey, look Gel Pedro. I'd be interested. Emmanuel Dennis. Not sure. Not a fan of Nottingham Forest. Um, but yeah, <laughs> again, I think it'd be, you'd, you'd make some money off them players, mate, for sure.
1: True. Absolutely
0: true. Now, look, the, the two main transfers we need to talk about, and again, we'll move on because I don't want to take up too much more time. Um, we'll, we'll save the absolute biggie for last, but... Um, one that we, we, we know has been a pursuant for a long time, and that's um, uh, Carvalho to Joe. So the young lad who just signed for Liverpool in the summer, um, we know Joe likes to collect Liverpool players. Having spoken to Joe, having spoken to uh, Sweaty, who was the other side of the deal, um, again, it was it was quite a big deal, actually. I mean, £27.5 million plus Loftus-Cheek, plus Mark Gahey for um, Nathaniel Chalabar and, and Carvalho. So for me, there's definitely a Liverpool tax there. It'd be the same if Ash tried to sign Arsenal, Sean Celtic, and 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 um really Watford. Um, uh-huh. there's an element of paying more for someone who plays for your team in real life. I think that sweaty got the better end of the deal from an objective point of view, but subjectively, I think both are quite happy with it. Um, when when I've spoken to them, um, you know, sweaty likes to collect prem players. We've seen that, um, and he's got a stronger pair of prem prem players arguably. Um, Whereas, again, Joe's got his Liverpool player and another sellable asset if he wants to get rid in Nathaniel Chalabar. So, again, Sean, what do you think of that deal? Who who would you say got the better deal from from an outsider looking him?
2: Definitely sweaty, especially the way Liverpool have started the season. Herbali will obviously get upgrades, but he has paid the Liverpool tax on that. Mm. I know from trying to get Celtic players that you end up paying way too much for them for the ability of the players I imagine Brilly will be the same since he supports a team that aren't the highest rated as well. Hmm? really? has it happened to you?
1: No, to be fair, um, I've got Dennis in the BFA. Um, I started with Jal Pedro um, and River, to be fair, sent me a he started with Jeremy Nathia. I went, I know he's worth a player, five million, but like, yeah, done. So he probably played a bit more than what he's worth, but not a massive amount. Not like the sort of taxes that uh, Joe's paid on that deal. Ash, what do you think um,
3: that to you
0: in terms of Arsenal tax?
3: Yeah, I mean, you, I think you always do, don't you? I mean, I've <laughs> Bar Martinelli, um, <laughs> who refused to go for less than uh, 150 million or whatever it was. Um, I think you always do, that, don't you? If you got a play, if you, you know, you sort of players come in. I mean, it was the same when uh, I had Nunes. Joe was on my case and I think maybe if I'd gone for Scudo I probably could have got quite a lot out of him um, you, you do sort of pay a little bit more don't you really if it's a player that plays for your club and you care about that I mean some
1: people obviously don't care about that which then that's, is that's uh... fair saying that uh, I I did on the previous one um, pay the waffle tax for his Mali uh when Aaron had him uh, um, literally had my pants down so I knew how much I wanted him <laughs> yes definitely a thing uh, boys, so the last last transfer that we
0: need to talk about in Transfer Corner is uh, is the biggie that happened the other night. So Adama to Burger from Soggy. Um, I'm actually I'm dubbing this in quotation marks the perfect deal. So the the reason being is because I spoke to both again both managers about it um, from Soggy's perspective um he had previously uh, self-imposed a spanish theme on his team he wanted to sign spaniards which obviously then restricted him quite a bit but um, again adama torre fine fits into it um even though it was one in a raffle he wanted to keep hold because he'd not really had a player that was sort of you know um quote unquote elite in, in that time either um in terms of um his side of things and for me looking at his team as well again you look at it objectively take all the emotion out of it you look at maybe yeah he could have got more money from riverman he could have got more money from burger at the start of the season he has improved four positions there with one deal he's he's improved a left back that's better now a winger which for me is on par anyway i think orsic is just as good as a dormitory because he's got better stats in other areas than pace and Socky doesn't really play with pace anyway He's got a better centre back and a better striker than he's got currently. So, and add to that, he managed to get rid of two squaddies. So, for me, I think this is again the perfect deal. Speaking to Berger, he um, he feels as though you know he's improved his first eleven, which we know is important to him. He's always going to have money. He's always going to have scudo and sellable assets because he's an active manager on AG. So we, that's fair enough. We know that. Um, and both parties both say they got they got a good end of the deal. So again, I'll throw it over to you three, and obviously the listeners, you're welcome to comment on on the the, uh, the podcast thread when it goes out. But my opinion is is 50 good deal. Sean, what do you think?
2: It's definitely improved Soggy's team quite a lot as well, and I'd probably I'd probably prefer to have Orsett going forward because Adama's not exactly set the world alight recently. So he might end up with downgrades, mm. and Orsic is only going to go yeah. up. I'm not sure who he plays for now, but if he's still where he was, I'd imagine he'll still keep performing the way he was. is it Dynamo that he plays for? I think. Yeah, so,
3: Orsich yeah. is that one that he's the guy that scored against Tottenham, if I'm rightly
0: no i get that one in there mate well done yeah um (laughs) (laughs) well any opportunities 10 10 million 10 million on the transfer budget um i mean ash you know what what do you think who do you think got the better end of the deal like me do you see it as being equal when
3: i saw it yesterday uh the other day um i thought that burger had had soggy's pants down um But then the more I've looked at the deal and the more the players that, you know, Soggy has got in his team and the players he's brought in and the potential on those players, I actually think it's a good deal. Mm -hmm. Orsic we've just spoken about 76 rated midfielder, lots of green stats um you know all good Nuno Tavares you know Arsenal left back he's just gone on loan to Marseille and is had a really good start to the season over yeah, there so hard, yeah. he might get a couple of upgrades you know start of next FIFA um and then the other two improve soggy squad as well so the more I thought about it actually it is a good deal um and it improves both. You know, you've alluded to. Berger has got a player that improves his starting eleven. That's all he really cares about. um And Soggy's got a couple of players that improves his squad. So overall, I think it's a it's a good deal for both parties.
0: Hmm. Again, I'm I'm glad that I'm glad you think that. um brilli what do you think?
1: Definitely a great deal for Soggy. um He doesn't. He never really changes up his team, as he even says in the thread. And very rarely. Um, massive improvements there for him. Um, and as we've said, Berger, this playoff, he's happy for. The only what I think of there is Soggy probably could have got some Scudo out of it. Um, yeah,
0: Berger admitted as it. much as well. Berger thought yeah. that Soggy would come back and say had some Scudo on top as well as the squad is and etc etc. So, I think that that's definitely fair.
1: I think River's still crying. Um, not being able to get him back. Um, but yeah that's a great deal for Soggy Burgers happy yeah
0: yeah it's fair enough I mean look boys we're running out of time so we want to cover very 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 quickly just the BFAs that have happened since as well I'm going to pick out five of the players that have gone through which are interesting that have caught my eye um, first one not so much for any reason other than that he's back on the market already which is Rafa Mia uh, Jeff bought him for 11 million probably opportunistic because he went up for a 10 mil minimum buy and he got him for 11 uh, but he's already been sold Joe's uh, Jeff's put a bit of 20 million on um, as the uh, the price that he's looking for, so he's looking to double his money there. Um, we've got Wesley Fafana potentially moving to Chelsea in real life soon, so you'd imagine upgrades working next to Koulibaly and Silver should probably come. Um, yeah. 66.1 million to Rhino, finally managed to get a, a, a BFA over the line without getting fined. Um, very quick opinion, Ash, if you don't mind on that one.
3: Which one, sorry?
0: As oh, you are oh Sorry,
3: yep, I am oh, <laughs> it's not a team not a call, it? You can't be doing that. <laughs> um we, right, which player uh, Sorry. Favada. Yes, um fifty sixty six million. Sixty six million yeah.
0: too much or not, what do you think?
3: Um no, I don't think so. He's a good player and you've alluded to he could well get that move to Chelsea. Um so he 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 could get an upgrade, you know, mm-hmm. next um next FIFA. So no, I don't think so.
0: Okay. Uh, Andy Brill, uh, Doniel Mellon to uh, Tunners, £82 and a bit of change. I think he's scored in every game that Tunners has had since. Potentially one of the reasons for Tunners' turning form. When you look at Mm -hmm. Tunners' turning form, £82 seems like a fair price, really, with the the change that he made to his team.
1: Yeah, definitely. I'll be honest when I played Tunners recently, it was after he got Mellon, um, and Mellon bagged like four goals in each game, so definitely worked well for him. Definitely.
0: Um. Storm? um, Storm. Sean. Oh, my God. I'm so sorry, man. Wow. Wow. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Jesus. Add that to the outtakes at the end of the season, Ash. (laughs) Right. Sean, I should say. Um, uh, Mika, I think he's had a bit too much iron brew on this one. Um, And the old stuff as well, the strong stuff. 87 million for for Callum Hudson-Odoi. I mean, that's just... uh, I'm confused. Help me out with that one, Sean
2: not heard anything that Callum Hudson has done in years since he first broke through when everybody thought he was going to be the next big thing and he's done absolutely nothing so I have no idea why I just... he paid that much yeah
0: I mean again I wouldn't have thought he'd need to pay 87 million to get a play like that but hey look if he used him he likes him fair enough for me I think that's definitely one I would put in the red column rather than the green well,
3: what's um, his stats like at the moment um, not he's quite, quite he's,
0: got a it... bit, he's got a bit of pace still but
3: quite a bit of pace yeah
0: I think he's that's all it is again I'm not going to stand here and devalue a player, but for me, that is, that is too much money. Um, Boys, the, the biggie, the one that, um, that sort of we all knew was coming, I think on, on that day when Joe put, uh, which for me was a nice, interesting twist on a BFA. Um, You know, you could win one player um, of 80 rated or lower, which was in your franchise team, um, which was quite interesting. Um, And, I think again, part of it was geared towards Payne getting rid of some of his cash. I believe um, he spent 120, 110 million, sorry, on uh, on Camavinga. Um, Sean, 110 million on Camavinga, good value? Not good value? What do you think?
2: I think that was the player that Morris was going to pick when he ended up with Rodrigo the other week when he won yeah, the rat. He won that it was. blind option.
1: Yeah. So
2: it was. there's someone that'd pay at least a hundred million for him mm. straight off the bat. But I think yeah. the fact he's up on the market already, I think that's a bit of buyer's remorse from pain.
0: Yeah, I mean, Andy, is it buyer's remorse, or again, you know, I love pain to bits, or is it just pain? Is it just the, you know, that he just he very much just uses and abuses players?
1: He does like to chop and change a lot, uh, definitely, um, without fail. But at the same time, I do think he spunked a lot of money <clears throat> just because he knew he could win it. Mm. Um, See, so yeah, as he says straight away, is at least he went a scudo above what the second most scudo was, um, and yeah, I think he's brought in with the attention to playing for a few games and then selling. Yeah,
0: I know he's got a lot of offers on the table, Ash. Um, he uh, he said so in the um, the, the thread as well. Um, again, what do you think? Do you think first of all, is he worth one hundred and ten million if if, for example, he transforms the team? I guess because. Again, you look at you look at if you say, say Tunners had two hundred and fifty million like Payne mm. had quarter of a billion scudo, mm. which just sounds ridiculous. If you said to Tunners, you can buy Donnell Mallon for one hundred and ten million, but he's going to mean you're going to go from seventh, eighth, ninth, wherever he was, tenth in the table, and you're going to be in the top five mm. because of the goals he's going to score. Surely you would snap your hand off for that if it was guaranteed return.
3: Oh yeah absolutely but then I think that's just sort of you know forwards in general if you're going to spend big money on a player you would you would put them you would put that sort of money into a forward um you know where the goals are going to come from but i mean the point on camavinga 110 million i mean i think he's a player that could well you know by the time the next fifa comes around it he could be an 80 81 or above um you know obviously, yeah, he's and, gone... the,
0: and the rest for me I reckon, yeah, uh, yeah. Mid, i mean eight, it, mid 80s potentially
3: he's got green stats all across the board and you know he's a player that um uh, i would suspect most people on that site have had a look at for that a uh, for that sort of um rating um you know so in the long term i think it will be well worth it um but obviously you know it appears that he's not going to be with pain for much longer so uh i'm going to be interested to in see where he goes um, you know, well, we should know probably by the end of the week, I would have thought. Um
0: I think yeah, I think Payne said he was gonna make a decision by the end of tonight as we record. So by the time this goes out, it should really be up. Um so boys, we're gonna leave it there. Um again, we've we've obviously ran over a little bit today. By the time we get the segment thrown in for Joe and Bertie, we're probably gonna be looking at about an hour and ten. Um but it's been a you know, it's been a good session. It's been a good session we covered a lot. Um, again, please, you know, comment down uh, below what you guys think about the idea of fines um, for for not just Division Three but all divisions if they fail to get their games played after a certain window. Um, transfer hits and misses. What do you guys think? Would you agree with our valuations and understanding of the transfers? Do you guys think that um, that we're off the pace? You know, let us know what you uh, what you think. And of course, thanks to Sean and uh, thanks to Andy for coming on, boys. Uh, Sean, again, if it is your first one, don't make it your last one. It's been a good one.
1: Cheers, mate. Enjoyed it.
0: Yeah, thank you. And Andy, thanks as always. Um, again, must be your hat trick ball at least that I thought.
1: Oh, that's I think it's more than that now. To be fair, I think i will probably close to number five.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, you know, second hat trick ball will be in the post at some point soon. Once we get the hat trick balls, and once me and Ash are able to post them out. So, yeah. Always a pleasure. <laughs> always a pleasure. And thank you for having me. Thank you very much, and Ash. Obviously, thanks for pushing the buttons as always. We're, we're yep. creeping ever closer. We're yep. creeping closer to number one hundred. We still, yep. again, boys. We want ideas. You know, by the end of the year, we'll be at pod one hundred. We work it out to be. So, let us know what you think. We should do. Should we do a live pod? Should we get Rhino to go around to one of the people's houses? Um, you know, to to do a segment there. Who knows? I'm ideas. <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, we, he could be like our roaming reporter. We could send him out on transfer deadline day to somebody's house. Uh, But yeah, look, boys, thank you very much for, for coming on. Thank you, everybody, for listening, and we will catch you on the next one. Thank you.